I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. 
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton. I'm your host, and I don't know a fucking thing. That's why we're here. To get answers to my questions, your questions, all of our ignorant questions, if you are new, welcome. Thank you for joining. Lovely to have you. Please subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. It helps other people find the podcast, which helps it get out there, and we can all get answers to our ignorant questions and thank you so much to everyone who has already done that i love your reviews i love reading them they make my day and i'm putting all my energy into my podcast now so it means even more which i didn't realize it could but i'm just oh so grateful for you and i appreciate it shout outs to my best idiots forever gene and kathy um subscribers over on my patreon in one of the higher tiers so they get a shout out because they're the fucking best and i love that they support me they're also just in general rad people so if you want to be part of patreon support the podcast with a little bit of money for as little as a dollar a month you can get um bonus content full content i only put up the first hour of every episode now and this one falls in an hour but the one coming next whoo it's a hot two and a half hours and you're not going to want to miss it. So patreon.com slash ignorance is blessed to get involved over there or check out the show notes for that. Yeah, that's that. Also check out neurogum, getneuro.com slash, no, there's no slash. Use JMS at getneuro.com to try neurogum, which is caffeinated gum that includes L-theanine and B vitamins so you get a focused energy so you can get your work done without the crash. Yay! They're not an official sponsor. They gave me that little code because I love them so much and I was running my mouth about them. Uh, and they were like, hey, this seems like something you like and we feel like people might trust your opinion. Do you want a little, little discount codes? If you want 15% off your first order. That's that. JMS. <sighs> what else is there to say? You guys, I don't have any shows coming up because will there ever be shows coming up? I honestly don't know anymore. And that's terrifying. Nonetheless, I am continuing my mini-series on mental health for people in uh, BIPOC communities. Uh, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month is July. So I didn't know that until too late. Otherwise, I would have just made this, you know, the monthly theme. So I'm giving you a little bit of a semi-super week with uh, at least three episodes this week. So... This is the second out of three, and my guest is Sapphire Sandalo, who is lovely. Uh, she is, I mean, she's a lot of things. She's an animator. She does voiceover work. She does a ton of stuff, and you can check out her work through the link in my show notes. But um, I brought her on because she is uh, first generation born in America, Filipina American, and um I wanted to talk to her about how mental health is viewed in her community and, and if there's a gap in the language, et cetera, around mental health between her and her family. And there was, and we, we talk about her struggle with that and, and how she's working on that and how she communicates with her family regarding 
you know, taking care of her needs. They're like, therapy? What's that? You know? Um, no, not specifically. But yeah, it's very interesting. And she is just a lovely person. I don't I don't know. I don't need to I don't need to tell you all this. You're gonna get to know her. So enough about me. Here is Sapphire Sandalo. You guys, hi. I am sitting down with Sapphire Sandalo. Amazing. Is there anything you don't do? Like uh, animator, voiceover, you direct, you can sing. It's your... <laughs> um, well, I don't do sports. <laughs> I mean, a good call, honestly, in this day and age. You made the, the right call. I'm with you on that. <laughs> so incredibly talented. And a little background for anyone listening. I... I'll just, you know, be honest. I put out a tweet looking for persons of color to talk to me about their experience with mental health and how it affects them or their community. And voila, the internet is magical. And you reached out to me. Thank God. Anytime I tweet like that, I'm like, is this going out to space? Also, did I, is this an offensive thing to ask? Like, I'm like, it's what I, Twitter's a hellscape. Um, <laughs> no, but sometimes it, be, it can be good. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> like in this case, I'm, I'm so grateful that you got back to me. I don't think I've ever, so you're Filipina American. Am I saying that correctly? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, Filipino. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a guest on, which now I'm thinking that and I'm like, I'm shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm the first. Yay. We did it. We survived. We made it. <laughs> Thank you so much. What a gift. Which I, I, I guess it surprises me more because growing I grew up in Alaska and we have a pretty big Filipino population and a lot of my friends up there, you know, growing up were it was like a diverse pool, but then I just realized, yeah, no. I guess once I've gotten into Hollywood, and maybe this is also a testament to the industry. Mm -hmm. I don't <laughs> Oh no, it's like I'm not I'm not running into Ugh. Ooh. Well, that's a whole, that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> yeah. it's, that's so, I, I'm sorry. I'm like so off the rails right now. I just had a cup of coffee. And oh I was my God, like, you're fine. I know. I'm, well, I'm thinking about like, I started writing a pilot about being from Alaska and I was like, we have to put, we have to have a Filipino character. We need a Polynesian. And, and then I remember <laughs> as I was trying to cast it, going like comparing my characters to like an actress and falling short on so many characters and being like, I could recommend my, my friends that remind me of this character, but I couldn't think of big actresses, which is angering and a completely mm -hmm. different topic. They <laughs> exist though. Yes. Cast them. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> this is so funny that I'm like sweating in my apartment because I turned the air off and I'm like, let's talk about mental health. <laughs> that woman looks like she's having a breakdown. <laughs> I mean, on that note, let's dive into mental health in your community and how it's addressed because I feel like right now everyone's going through, you know, an exceptionally unique time. I feel like we're kind of in this group right. trauma almost, but as a population, America has so much underlying depression and anxiety among other mental health struggles. And right. I, I'm curious to hear how how that's addressed like in your family or maybe the Filipino community, what you've noticed, how, how people handle depression as an illness versus like, yeah, just suck it up, walk it off, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. So Filipino Americans are now, I believe, the second largest group of Asian American immigrants in America. And we have some of the highest rates of anxiety and depression. Oh, but wow. despite that, yeah. And I mean, those numbers could be higher because not everyone is diagnosed with it. Yeah, or even talking about it. Like they're just tucking yeah. it in and like, no, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is part of the problem is that, well, I'm, I'm only speaking for like the Asian American and the Filipino American communities, but mental health is definitely not a topic that is ever really discussed. It's sort of not seen as to even exist which is really? the, the main problem. Yeah, you know, like I feel like in America right now, we're, ha- we're seeing this increase of mental health awareness. You know, we're talking about how we're feeling and we're talking, yes. normalizing going to therapy and like all of this stuff. And that's not really happening <laughs> um, <laughs> with our parents. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so it's like, it's a cultural and a generational issue. Um, of course. Yeah. And so like, well, for example, um, I recently began going to therapy for the first time. So I started maybe last year in November. So like, Yay, congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. And I was unemployed. And so literally all my money right now is going to therapy. And I'm like, no, this is a necessity. Like I feel you. (laughs) Great. It's really important. And honestly, should not be a luxury the way that it is. Like, yeah. it should just be readily available for everyone. Absolutely. And I sometimes think that's what holds up that stigma of, oh, it's not real or it's not uh, as serious of an issue because we live in a society where it's seen as a luxury item, where it's just like, yep. I picture, you know, just a white woman in a big hat being like, I need duct tape for my emotions. Like, just paying <laughs> someone to listen to them complain. And it's like, that's not what, <laughs> that's not what therapy should be. Right. You know, that's what the image it should convey. Yeah. And so um, when I, so like a couple, I don't know when this was, maybe a couple months ago, maybe one or two months ago, um, I was on the phone with my dad and we were talking because I had also recently started a new medication um, because I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. So I was on this new medication and he also has it too. That's why I have it. Yeah. Um, And so thanks dad (laughs) for my crappy heart. Um, (laughs) So he was, we were just talking about how the medication is like sitting with me and all this stuff. And I... Okay, so um, it's, I'm taking a beta blocker, which I don't know if you've heard, but like people can also use them to ease anxiety. Yeah, that's so funny is that when you say beta blocker, that was my thought. I was like, wait, yeah. isn't that like for anxiety? <laughs> yeah, it can be used for that. Like, well, it makes sense that it would also lower your blood pressure to lower your anxiety. So it's, it, yeah. it almost makes sense that those things mm-hmm. would be kind of, I don't know, flow together. Yeah, it goes hand in hand. And so um, like that was the nice little side effect of me taking these beta blockers is that I do feel more calm. Um, Like I do still get nervous, but I'm nowhere near the level that I was at before I took them. So it's changed my life. Anyways, (laughs) huge day. And so when I was on the phone with my dad, I had, I forget like exactly how this came up, but I had mentioned that I was under a lot of stress and I mentioned the word anxiety and he said what what do you mean 
anxiety what is anxiety and like it didn't occur just because you know in my circles the word anxiety is literally tossed around all the time we're all like oh oh my god yeah it's like (laughs) it's like a personality trait at this point yeah it's like depression or anxiety both cool (laughs) me too yeah (laughs) and for like it just for like i just forgot that he actually i don't know i mean i don't know it Wow. Hi. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> words right now. Um, but it threw me off entirely to hear him ask what that meant. And honestly, being on the beta blockers helped me with that conversation. Cause I know that like old Sapphire would have been like heart pounding, like I'm going to go and just like hang up. Yeah. <laughs> but, never mind. Yeah, exactly. It was like, Oh, forget I said anything. And then just like, yeah, you're like I'm not crazy. Do hang up. <laughs> Yeah, but like because I was on this medication, I felt a little bit more, I felt a little courageous and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to have this really uncomfortable conversation with my dad that I was not planning on having, but I feel like I need to say. And so I, um, I guess me and my dad don't really talk about these types of things. So that alone, yeah, yeah. it was also stressful for me. And so I was like, okay, how do I talk about this? And so I mentioned like um, anxiety is when your body reacts in a physical way um, or I don't even remember how I described it. Um, but I, I remember feeling very flustered because I didn't know how to describe it to him Yeah, because there's so many layers to it. And then like to, I also knew that like he would think I was being ridiculous. So I'm like, okay, how do I say this? I don't know. It was yeah. just like a lot. And then um, I tried to explain it, and then he said, well, he's like, well, you know, Sapphire, like, let me ask you this, like, when we go to the Philippines, do you ever see anybody crying or stressed out? And (laughs) I, and then, yeah, and I had to think for a second, because I was like, okay, how do I respond to that? Because that is so not even... But like, um, I was like, well, dad, like, just because you do not see it doesn't mean that people aren't struggling. Like, um, mental health is an invisible disease. So just because you don't see people crying, also, that's not an indication of whether or not people are depressed or anxious. A lot of people keep it inside. Um, And he was like, "Hmm, okay. And I actually made this like connection pretty recently between like that statement that he made about not seeing sad people in the Philippines, which there are sad people in the Philippines. What yeah. The um, and, uh, oh, um, I, I forgot some, to mention something. Um, so my dad grew up very poor. And, and he's, he is he like room. from the Philippines and he moved over yeah. here? Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. He grew okay. up in the Philippines. Um, and he, like, he is the American dream. Like he, Grew up very poor in the Philippines. He studied to become a nurse and then he got a job out here in America and he's very successful. And so like to him, um, that because he's been successful in that way, that tells him, okay, no one has any excuse. Yeah. And that's, that's actually really common for a lot of um, immigrant parents here in America. Right. They see that and they go, well, like I was able to like come out of my poverty and all of the struggles that I had to move to America and like be successful. And so you have literally no reason to be sad. Like, yeah, like You're set up to succeed is the idea that it's like, you don't, right. when you overcome so much, I think it's easy to 
I, I feel like so many people do this where they, if, if you have a big struggle, you can't see how other people are struggling with something that seems so much smaller than what you went through that you're like, right. This is nothing. Yeah. And it's, it's that comparing that is the problem because Absolutely. like, do I, am I grateful for the fact that like I was raised like in a middle-class family and had like a really good school. And like, I, like I'm, I was very privileged in that way. And like, I do recognize that, but it's like, because they gave us such a good life, that's why I'm able to focus on on my mental health. Yeah. It's like the hierarchy of needs that it's Mm -hmm. like, and that's what I, I always say that when I talk about, um, I, I make jokes about it in my act, but I, I sort of talk about depression being a privilege, which is not what I mean when I say that sentence, because I know there's a whole bunch of red flags, but going up like, how dare you just at that statement, but the having the time and the facilities to address your mental health. Cause it's like, yeah, no, a lot of people couldn't address it because of course, when you're in this state of you know, adrenaline and survival mode. Mm -hmm. You don't have time to go, well, what are these feelings? It's just like, no, I have to, you know, make my money to feed myself and my family and put a roof over my head. And there's, there's not time to acknowledge those feelings. It doesn't mean they're going on, but it's just, you're almost in that hyper state of not being able to sort out what you're even feeling. Right. But you're still feeling those things. And that's what, is so like I, I don't know what makes it a little bit more intense because like just because you don't have a name for it doesn't mean that you're not experiencing it like um and I had brought this up with my therapist I told her about that conversation that I had with my dad because I was like I I wasn't prepared for that and it was really frustrating that he it felt like he was invalidating how I felt when I yeah. here I was trying to tell him like hey I this is a part of me and this is something I'm trying to fix. And then, you know, him responding in a way that's like, Oh, but what are you trying to fix? I don't understand. There's nothing to fix. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so she said, well, um, you know, next time that comes up, maybe tell him, you know, like, like what worked for you. It's great that that worked for you, but that same strategy of compartmentalizing everything (laughs) in your head, like that doesn't work for me. And I was like, Oh wow. That's like really good. (laughs) I know. I love that. I was like, Oh, what a nugget. I'm going to take that. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Please everybody use it. Um, Oh, so the thing that I mentioned earlier and I just realized I didn't finish that thought um, was because, uh, what am I saying? Um, my, I made this connection between my dad saying that there are no sad people in the Philippines to <laughs> something that him and my mom used to say all the time to me when I was little. So I have what people call a bitch, uh, resting bitch face. <laughs> um, and it was very, very <laughs> prominent when I was a child. So I just looked miserable all the time. Even th- that was just me being neutral. That's how oh, I no, saw it. I was like, yeah. I'm just neutral. And when I, so they would always be like, Sapphire, why don't you smile? People will like you better if you smile. (gasps) Yeah. And, um, obviously like now as an adult, I look back at that and go, God, it's so messed up. But, um, (laughs) I would always tell them I'll smile if I have a reason to smile. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. (laughs) So deep. You're like, give me something to smile about. I know. I was (laughs) such an emo kid. And then they would come back with, you have so many reasons to smile. You have a house, you have food. And I'm like, that's true. You know, I, I, I am 
very privileged again, like in that way, I have no reason to be miserable. But the thing was like, I, I wasn't miserable. Yeah. I just wasn't smiling. Yeah, where it's like, <laughs> why so do I have to like, smile? It, it, yeah. I made that connection of how they equate you looking like you are happy and well and whatever to how you're feeling on the inside. That's, I mean, what a way to put it that it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, just what a, what a connection from that. You don't see people crying and sad in the Philippines and it's like, yeah, not everyone is wearing their emotions on their mm-hmm. face for your benefit also is like, yeah. like when you're smiling, when you're not happy or like not feeling overjoyed, it's like, that's not for you. That's at that point, you're just like, I want to make sure everyone else is comfortable. So I'll put this face on, which <laughs> is probably like feeds into the reflection of, yeah, it's probably what a lot of people are doing instead of crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a thing recently about, and I mean, it's like completely, you know, different culture, but it speaks to this same thing. <laughs> Japan had like a thing released where they're like telling people it's, it's in regards to anxiety and being stressed out, but they like have this whole campaign, which more or less is like a tuck it in, but there's this whole phrase called <laughs> scream inside your heart. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah, like they put it on, uh, it, was at, well, it was at a theme park, so on all the roller coasters, because screaming, you know, releases, you know, particles and COVID and blah, blah. It's just signs that say scream inside your heart, and it's like, what? How do we? <laughs> um, it's, oh, it's just so interesting, the, the, that mindset of, well, if I didn't feel bad, you shouldn't feel bad. And I think that's a thing that affects just a lot of people in general is not being able to see outside your own experience. And that's so relatable, especially just hearing your dad literally go like, what is anxiety? Because as you said, trying to explain it, it's hard to put words around because it covers so much. It's, it's like a word that you're like, there's, it's anxiety like if you're (laughs) familiar with it and it's been a part of your vocabulary you're like wow how can you break that down into into more yeah and what made it even more difficult is that I remember I used the word nervous I'm like I just feel like I'm nervous all the time and he was like what are you nervous about and I'm just like how do I explain that because it's like there's there's certain triggers and honestly in my head I remember feeling like I'm nervous about this conversation right now everything (laughs) and literally everything and um and he was just like he's like what do you have to be stressed about because you know you like it's the same thing like you have a house you have food you're and he kept saying like you're doing fine you're doing fine but then but in the moment because there are a lot of things that like I that my dad didn't know about and so I was just like do I take this moment to talk about it or do I just just like try to move on I chose to move on because I was like I'm not I'm not in the mood to talk about it but um wait there was another thing I wanted to say Um, I can't, I like, I, to my dad's, um, defense, like I can't blame him for thinking the way he thinks and my mom the same way. Um, just because the topic of mental health is not, 
was not as prominent when they were growing up as it is for us. Of and, course. Um, you know, it's just, it, it was just weird, though, that, like, my dad, like, he works in the medical field, knows everything about, like, the body physically, but when it comes to on the inside, it's just, like, a whole uh, another world that he knows nothing about. Yeah, which is just so interesting and telling of the medical community as well, that, like, mm-hmm. it's such a separate branch and a separate thing that, I mean, there's so many you know, so many physical ailments people experience are probably tied to what's going on with their mental, if they have unaddressed mental health issues. And, you know, depending on who you're speaking with, as far as the medical community, that could go potentially completely overlooked. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. You're just cold. So deal with it. (laughs) Or I don't know. That's a weird example, I guess. But, um, I just had a conversation with uh, another woman who's going to be on the podcast, actually, but I think the reason that popped in my head is she was talking about um, police and how they, how they view, you know, people, citizens out in the world. And she was having a conversation with an officer and it was pretty hot outside and a man in like a bunch of coats walked by and how she was like, how do you view that? And she, and the cop is like, um, oh, you know, I see that. And I think maybe he's concealing a weapon. And she spoke about how with, uh, schizophrenia, your, your body temperature is dysregulated, which I was unfamiliar with that. That's a thing I didn't know. And how, you know, you might feel colder than what seems appropriate to the, I don't know, outside. This is sort of a weird tangent to go off on, but no, I didn't know that I'm, that's interesting. And that's true though. Um, you know, like a lot of our mental health or mental issues will affect us physically. So yeah, it's like, if you don't address it, right. Yeah, it'll come out in Mm -hmm. physical ways. And that's not to dismiss any, I mean, I feel like it would just be just as bad to go in because you're having physical ailments and someone would be like, it's all in your head. And you're like, (laughs) I can't walk. Uh, (laughs) But you mentioned in that conversation, you chose to kind of let's move on instead of dive into you know, all the things that might be causing my anxiety in a conversation with your dad. Um, do you find that, cause I think to an extent, maybe sometimes with parents, at least with mine, I hit walls where I go, I'm just going to have to accept that this is a thing that you're not yeah. going to understand where I'm coming from instead of trying to force it. Do you yeah. find that sometimes that's just the best the best thing to do is go, okay, this is, we're just not going to see eye to eye. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, I didn't mention this yet, but he is a Trump supporter. So I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat. (laughs) Yeah. So it's like when he starts those conversations, I'm like, nope. (laughs) Yeah. We're just like engaging. (laughs) Oh my God. I mean, yeah, no, I have parents who, I think meanwhile, like it's like, I think like they're like Republican as if it's a sports team at this point, it feels (laughs) like that they're like anyone, just not the Democrats, which is enraging in so many ways. Oh God. Like they're the, they're like the wall. Why don't all lives matter type of people and say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Trying to have that conversation and meet them where they're at, where it just is this like organic, doesn't everyone else matter? But it's such a frustrating conversation to be like, yeah, that's not what Black Lives Matter means. It just, that's not, it, right. it means Black Lives also matter. Gosh, it's so frustrating. And then knowing that about a parent and then going, and then I'm going to have a deep conversation with you about <laughs> mental health. And you're clearly not recognizing flags of mental health issues <laughs> in your president. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's also been a struggle just like um, trying to separate that from, you know, the other stuff. Cause like literally other than that, my dad's great. But then he'll say something and I'm like, ah, uh, why'd you have to say? Yeah. <laughs> or you're like, I love you. Why are you saying that? <laughs> yeah. Um, or there was another thing I wanted to mention. Um, crap. Oh, God damn it. Hang on. It's <laughs> Wait, okay. What are we talking about? Um, oh, I know. Okay. Okay. Um, so something that came up in the phone conversation that I had with my dad, I, that I tried to explain, but I was doing a terrible job explaining it, um, is that, because I mean, a huge reason why I have anxiety is because of my parents. And it's not that they were bad parents. It's just that they came from a different culture and I was raised here in America. And so this is a struggle that a lot of not only Filipino Americans struggle with, but also other um, second generation immigrants. Yeah. Um, because so for Filipinos, the idea of your life is that actually, no, I'm going to rephrase that. <laughs> there is a concept called Kapwa, which means togetherness. And it means that, you have an obligation to your fellow humans. So your family, um, basically, because yeah. you are like, you are a combination of, or no, you are, res you are a result of everything that the people before you have done. And because of that, you owe them everything. So it's always about paying Ooh. back the debt. Yeah. It's, that's like how they view it. Um, yeah. Here in America, that's not the case. <laughs> no, it's like, that's a beautiful sentiment, but I can already see how that could be so stressful. Right. And so that clash right there where it's like in America, it's very much like every person for themselves or like you're, it's very individualized where mm -hmm. you, you go for your dreams. You like, um, you can leave the house if you want or like whatever. Like yeah. it's, um, it's very much about your own personal needs and wants and not, I'm not saying Americans aren't close with their family, but the I family mean, values. Yeah, it's yeah, the, the values are different. Where it's like American parents are like, yeah, whatever makes you happy. That's a, <laughs> and it's different in the Philippines. I'm not saying one is better than the other, but no, like it's just when very you, different. It's different, and so when I am growing up in a society that values 
being an individual. But then when I come home, the opposite is true. You're supposed to respect your elders, respect your parents, no matter what. You never fight or like talk back or whatever. Um, That creates a lot of tension because it's like, who am I? You're receiving (laughs) two different messages. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, you go to school and you're being told, be whatever you want to be, chase your dreams. And your parents are like, as long as your dreams are uh, one of these three things and they include caring for us for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's, I actually had a conversation with my friend recently about this where, um, cause I have always been like very American in that way where like my parents were always telling me, you should be an engineer. You're so good at math. Like you should be an engineer. Cause that's what my mom was. Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to like do art. And, um, I was talking to my friend who was the opposite where, cause he, is an only child. And when it was time to pick a major for college, he told me that he remembers being in the car with his mom and his grandma. And they asked him, what are you going to major in? And he was like, um, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in maybe something creative, like, you know, pursuing art. And they just laughed at him. And they're like, <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and then they told him, like, you should do business. Because um, that was another choice. He was deciding between yeah. majoring in business or majoring in, like, studio art. And then he chose business because to him, in that moment, um, like, making his family happy was important because he was like, you know what? Like I am their only child. Uh, they've done so much for me. Like he was very much Capua <laughs> in yeah. that moment in a way that like I never had been. But then when we were talking more, I realized like, Oh, we actually like, we kind of switched later down the road. So like now I'm sort of coming the other way. Like I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I use everything that I've done for myself to help other people in my family and whatever. And then my friend is the other way where now he's like, okay, I did the business thing. I have like a cool job, but now I want to explore what I want to do. And so I don't know why I I thought that was so beautiful because it means like literally it doesn't matter what route you choose because you're going to come out the other way. Yeah. Or it's like you'll, (laughs) you can circle back to, Yeah, the the idea that there is this hope for balance that, or just that like, oh, me going out and pursuing a creative dream or something that's different than my parents doesn't mean I'm going to leave them in the dust, you know? You're going to be like, I'm an artist and I'm never going to talk to you again and I'll I'll be living on the beach. (laughs) Like, no, it's, it's so interesting that, yeah, or that you could do so much geared toward what your family wants to hit a place where you're like, okay, I've, I've achieved enough that I know that they'll be taken care of. And I, and you know, what do I really want to do now? Which yeah, that is like a beautiful uh, sentiment realization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Like the, the idea that your life will figure out a balance no matter what. So if you are lacking in something like you'll figure it out at some point. <laughs> Yeah, which like I, it's almost feels kind of woo woo y, but it does seem <laughs> I'm like all about that. <laughs> that. I mean, it's LA, right? Uh, <laughs> where it's like, and and maybe that's just a privileged point of view or a point of view that comes from things just happen to have gone okay up to this point. But it does seem like you can go with the flow of life and 
things find a way of working out. Life finds a way. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I almost said it too. And I was like, am I going to say life finds a way? Someone's going to say it. I beat you to it. <laughs> ah, you win. Well, it's just that like sort of accepting the ebbs and flows of life, which I think for me, that concept, if I reel it in toward like my mental health and emotional just journey, I guess, um, it fits that as well. Like if you can just accept when you're in these sort of erratic emotions and know that it's going to ebb and flow, that whatever you're feeling right now won't last forever. And so just sometimes you have to be in it, even if it sucks, but like you come out the other end. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, (laughs) You know, some people require more help for that. Um, As far as like going to therapy and stuff like that, have you, have you mentioned that to your parents? Do they have any, have they had any thoughts on like, therapy um that was the first time I brought it up to them or Mm -hmm. my dad I actually don't know if my mom knows um just because I haven't brought it up not because I'm like intentionally hiding it from her no she she listens to all my podcasts and everything that I interview on so they're gonna listen to this so hi mom (laughs) (laughs) hello Um, (laughs) you have a wonderful daughter (laughs) (laughs) after I just talked a bunch of shit No, I, um, yeah, so I actually brought it up with my dad on the phone in that conversation. I was like, I am seeing a therapist because I am, oh, I'm just remembering things about the conversation now because he, when I brought up that I'm, I feel so nervous and stressed out all the time, he mentioned something about how like, oh, so you mean like how you're, you're kind of short with me? and like Kurt with me all the time. And I was like, I guess like, I, cause they, they seem to think that I am always just miserable, (laughs) but that's part of that was me trying to keep a lot of stuff inside. Absolutely. Um, Like trying to put the smile on. Right. Or like, I wouldn't be putting the smile on. I would just but then that would be showing because I'm just like, I felt so many things and they just because there's a lot of things. I mean, every per everyone who like visits their parents has certain triggers, right? Like where Absolutely. Their will say something. Yeah. And it triggers them. And then it's just like, you can't like get back. And so that happens to me a lot. And I'm just like, I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want these triggers. It's exhausting. And yeah. I told him that I was like, I I was like, I'm seeing a therapist because I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want you and mom to think that I'm always miserable because I'm not. It's just there's a lot of like, oh, and I was another, I'm like, I love how like I'm slowly remembering things. Like it's all coming back. back. <laughs> it's all, it's all coming back. Um, so um, he, I, I mentioned something about like childhood trauma and I immediately regretted it because I was like oh no I I don't have like the tools to explain properly what I mean without him thinking that I'm calling him a bad dad yeah Um, oh no like yeah and he was like you had a good childhood what do you what do you mean childhood trauma and I was like oh no I shouldn't have brought this up um but he (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like how I mean again every child experiences this with their parents like my parents experienced this with their parents even if they didn't have the vocabulary to know what it was. Yeah, but, I think they never had the time to go, oh, that was a trauma. That exactly. Was- and because you, you hear, they hear the word trauma and they go, well, 
that sounds so intense. And it's like, no, like it's something as simple as like me. Well, (laughs) I just like had a realization now. It's like, I feel like part of why I don't like people smiling at me or like unwanted attention like just out in like the world is because I remember what it felt like to be a kid and have my parents always like telling me how to smile yeah like yeah actually I don't think I explained that well like they it would always I always have like a hyper awareness of myself because I always felt their eyes on me. It was yeah. almost like, what are, why are you wearing that? Why do you look so, well, the word is moreau. <laughs> like, um, why do you look so moreau? Um, <laughs> and wait, where, where was I going with that? Oh, so like saying. now you're saying how like people just looking at you in regular life now. I could see how it's like, oh, you're, you're immediately going to be thinking this person's yeah. judging me or has a thought mm-hmm. about what I'm wearing or how I look instead yeah. of being able to just go, that's a person smiling. It's like, that's a person who is smiling to tell me to smile is what's going on. Yeah. I see it as a threat and that's so sad. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, it's, I mean, yeah, it's so interesting when you start, when you're able to like either in therapy or with work, mm-hmm. start to realize how many things you didn't even realize were triggers. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm honestly like these last few months where I've been in therapy have been so helpful because They've, my therapist has helped me view the way that I interact with my parents in a different way. Cause like up until I started therapy, I've always seen it as like a battle where I'm just like, ugh, I wish my parents were a different way and I want them to change and they're not changing. And that makes me really mad. Like it was a mm. very like, like I'm pushing against them. Yeah. Whereas like now, like she explains, like I, you know, I, I air out my frustrations. Like I told her about that conversation and these comments that my parents make. And um, she reframes it for me in a way that makes me understand them better. And then it makes me not be so frustrated because now I'm like, you know, I can't be mad at my dad for not understanding mental health when like he's literally never been taught it. So yeah. I have an opportunity to teach it. So like this is a good thing you know instead of me being frustrated he's not understanding it's like oh i'm i'm teaching him something yeah what a great opportunity to have a conversation that he has never gotten to have and right oh man the work that therapists do getting people with i mean like from same for me and that's i'm not saying the same but the amount of things that have helped me just accept where my parents are at and stop. And I think it bleeds into more than just parents, but there's so much in life that you can't control and being yeah. able to get to a place where you can go, okay, this is not a thing I can just change. This is how it is. How can I work from realizing this is the current situation? Yeah. Such a huge step. And I think mm-hmm. such a, a gift for, you know, your own mental health and sanity. Yeah, And that's what the, like the, every like even if you're not in therapy this is something that everyone should know is that like being or a lot of feeling frustrated or angry comes from not being able to control something that you're trying to control like when you relinquish control you become so free because now I'm not trying as hard to change my parents and sort of just like accepting things for how they are. I mean, I, 
every like I do still try to convince them of other like political stuff. Of course, no. Then I'm like, I shouldn't go down this road, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like it depends. Because like now we have like, because we're on a like text group chat and now I feel like they actually do listen like to me and my sister's um, thoughts on things. Like they're asking us questions instead of, because before it would just be like, they'd send us something and then they'd be like, isn't this so terrible? But now it's like, why is it like this? Like they're, I mean, I still think their opinions are totally wrong, but at least it's like coming from a different place now where they're actually asking, like, I want to know what you think about this so I can think about it and see if I agree or not. Yeah. Where they're like, well, well, and that's interesting too, to go, okay, what is the perception of our children who were raised in a completely different setting? How are they viewing this? Right. I think that's such a huge, wow. I mean, Kudos to you. Congrats. That's a great breakthrough <laughs> in general. It's like, oh, great. You. <laughs> Do you feel like um, it's a priority or it's important to eventually try to have more of those conversations about mental health? Or do you think it's a thing that for older generations, maybe just as it comes up, play it by ear, but focus more on the future and moving forward and how you can you know, work on yourself in future generations. Right. Um, I mean, the way that I approach it now is like, I, I don't bring up anything that I know will like be a thing unless it comes up. Like, I don't just, I'm not just going to barge into their house and be like, let's talk about anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's talk about depression. <laughs> yeah. You just have like, a PowerPoint. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll do that. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, when it comes up, um, and, I, and I've been working with my therapist on how to have future conversations like this, because I, the conversation I have with my dad could have gone a lot better. And I know that like, if it comes up again, I think I have a much better grasp because I feel like I practiced it with my therapist. And I'm like, all right, cool. When he brings this up, I know what to say, and I'll feel good about it. And then, Absolutely. you know, there's not much we can do. Because like, um, like, for example, I recently visited them for the first time since uh the lockdown um they live not too far away but i mean i i'm a terrible daughter (laughs) so um i my mom could be my neighbor and i'd be like i'll see you in a year (laughs) love you text me (laughs) exactly (laughs) so i was there and we we didn't have i was there with my cousins and we didn't have a whole lot of time to spend with them and so i was like oh whoa Oh, was that Hang on. Sorry, just a second. I think my... I'm going to pause it. All right, everyone. Sorry for the brief pause. It was, as you all are well aware, the maniac dogs that I live with and love. Uh, <laughs> sorry. So you were saying you were visiting your parents. Yeah. So I was visiting my parents and my cousins were with me and we didn't have a whole lot of time to spend there. So I thought, okay, maybe... Maybe I can get through this half hour without something triggering me. Let's see if it happens. What a challenge. (laughs) Right? Um, And so, you know, five minutes go by, 10 minutes go by. I'm like, oh my God, we might, this might happen. And then like 15 minutes in, (laughs) Uh, (laughs) my dad looks at me and goes, have you lost weight? And I pause because I wasn't sure what he was implying 
because I don't know. I just like, I, my brain broke for a second. I mean, that's a loaded question from anyone, but from your parents, like, are you concerned? Are you saying I look like I gained weight? (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was just like, I didn't know how to interpret it. But like, to me, because, um, like once I was diagnosed with high blood pressure, I was like, okay, I'm going to eat a lot better. And I'm going to work out regularly. Those are things I did not do. And those are things I should be doing anyway. So I was like, okay. So I have been eating a lot better, not eating as much takeout, um, cut down on alcohol and sugar, and have been working out pretty regularly. Um, And then just as a result, I lost a lot of like belly weight. Um, And I lost like 10 pounds in the last like couple of months. I wasn't intending to lose that much, but like it just happened. And so like to me in the moment after I paused, I decided to take what he said as a good thing. Cause I was like, you know what? I know it was a good thing for me because I feel so much better. Yeah, I'm not trying to lose any more weight, but like I feel so much better. So I was like, yeah, I lost 10 pounds. And I said it like in a happy, you know, like I'm proud of myself kind of way. And he goes, why? Oh damn it! I I was just like I just want to not talk about this anymore. And I was like, and I told him what I said to you. I was just like, I wasn't intending to do that. It just was a result of me taking better care of myself. And um, and then my cousins chimed in, and they were like, um, like oh, like how, like how did you lose the weight and like whatever. And I was just like, yeah, just like eating better and stuff and. Um, but then the rest of the time there for the next like 15 minutes, I, it was all I could think about. It was all like, I was in my head. Why'd you say like, that? Why, why did, did this say come that? up? Why did he say that? Exactly. And then it really wasn't until um, I left that I thought, okay, I think I know where he was coming from is because the last conversation we had was that phone call and I was telling him about how I've been so stressed and then he sees me and I'm a lot skinnier than he remembers yeah and maybe he's interpreting that as are you worrying yourself sick that's interesting that it was like a place of maybe genuine just concern Mm -hmm. oh she had said she was so nervous and and even that idea that like thinking that, oh, maybe I just missed it too much and it's more serious than I realize or. Yeah, I I don't really know, but I I brought that up with my therapist and she said, she was like, well, you've mentioned how you don't really have very deep conversations with your parents about your emotions, like their emotional intelligence isn't where you would like it to be. You've mentioned that before. Yeah. And she said like, well, what I'm seeing is that maybe your dad uses your physical appearance as a gauge of how you're doing because that's what he can see because you don't have the converse, you know, he can't ask you, how are you? And that would be a productive conversation. So what he does instead is comments on your weight because yeah. that's what he sees. And I was like, wow, wow. you're a genius. <laughs> Therapists, a good therapist, like just having that outside viewpoint of, yep. I'm not a part of this and here's what I'm hearing where it's from someone who's just completely not entangled in your life at all is such a gift because it's so hard sometimes to see outside your own triggers, your own stresses, especially in a, yeah. a relationship that's so, you know, complex, like with our parents or close friends, partners. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, 
Yeah, I mean, that, that that's, I, I love my therapist. She is worth every single penny because um, just moments like that. Now I'm like, okay, I'm not going to see my dad's comment as a negative thing. I'm going to see it as like, that's his way of checking in, checking in on me. You yeah. know, like that's- Which is nice. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to choose to see it that way and not be frustrated. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. This is great. I don't think I have any more questions. This is so interesting. Obviously, you're a big advocate of therapy. Everyone listening, therapy. <laughs> yeah. Highly recommend it. Uh, if you have access, hopefully mm-hmm. someday we all will. Oh, and also, here's a, here's a trick. I don't know how this is during the pandemic, but maybe, there is, maybe you can figure it out. But um, I do know that if you... I don't know how you go about doing this, but I've heard that if you go through um, people who are like currently studying to become therapists or like, you know, just fresh graduates or people who are very, very new, you can get therapy for much, much cheaper. Yes. There's a lot of sliding scale. I need to get more links to share with people. I, a few years ago, had a therapist who I think was in her, like finalizing her PhD and she was at the sliding scale space she like changed the game for me. Like there's so much I don't think I would have realized without yeah. that, that woman. And yeah. So you guys, if you're listening to this, you obviously have access to technology. Um, I'll try to share some links, but if you look up sliding scale therapy in your state, there's a lot of options. And I think searching for a therapist in itself when you're not feeling well mentally can be extremely difficult. So mm-hmm. that's just, you know, starting with, sliding scale, you can probably find either a foundation or a place that does sliding scale. And I can say from experience to anyone listening, if you're sort of like anxiety about phone calls or whatever, because I have this weird anxiety about, they're all going to yell at me. It's, it's all like, you know, very professional customer service people. They're there to help you. They want to help you. So those are people who like want to help you. So if your hang up is, I don't want to bother anyone. Maybe my, I'll just walk it off. Like, that's literally their job. yeah, it's like literally call chat with them. They'll, they also sliding scale places, especially assess, you know, based on need because they only have so many appointments. So if, if you know, you're like, maybe I need to see someone. If you really need to see someone, they will move you up the list and they'll go, let's get you in here right away. Mm-hmm. And it, and it helps. So just there you know, are solutions. There are so many solutions out there, and we are very lucky to have access to. Yeah, the, the I would also like to recommend a podcast. I know this is obviously not a replacement for therapy, but this is a podcast I've been listening to a lot lately, and that has changed my life in a lot of ways. It's called the Happiness Lab. <gasps> I love that. Yeah, it's so good. It's from. It's, it's, it's hosted by Dr. Laurie Santos. I think that's her name. Um, and she's a professor at Yale. At Yale. I'm taking yeah. her course. There's a whole course you can take. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it was, by the way, recommended by my therapist. Um, nice. That's, yeah, there's a whole, you can take a free course on this website, Coursera, and it's all about like the psychology of happiness. And I'm sure mm-hmm. it's, she probably goes way more in depth in this podcast. Um, I'll link that in the show notes. Oh, I love that you listen to that. She's (laughs) amazing. And it's, uh, she's great. Yeah. Everyone definitely check that out. Mm -hmm. And I'll also link the course. If anyone's interested, you can, it's, you can take this Yale course from her for free, which is pretty rad. Um, I can't believe I haven't done that yet. I need to No, I'll send you the link. It's, it's like, uh, it just gives you exercises and stuff and starts this conversation. I did a whole thing. This is a vaudeville act. This, guys. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, they have like at the beginning they do a whole like uh, what I thought was really cool that there's a link to this character trait test and it, you, it asks you all these questions and, and then it um, ranks what your strongest like your character traits by strength are instead of going like this is a weakness the, the weaker ones are just at the bottom but it it tells you a lot about yourself and um, from there the website they link you to gives you tools on like how can I utilize the fact that I'm socially intelligent and incorporate that in my career or, or that I'm hmm. forgiving or it's very, it's very, very cool. So I will link that in the show notes. I will also send it to you, Sapphire. And yes. um, you have a podcast as well, right? I do. It's We're called Stories with Sapphire. Um, so if you're really into paranormal and supernatural stories, um, I narrate stories, I interview people who've had experiences, and I also have like some original poems. Um, it's like, it's just a really serious paranormal podcast. I love that. That's your vibe. <laughs> I know it's such a switch from like mental health and now ghost stories. Ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And I, and I've had some, some ghost adjacent people on the podcast before and I know that there are fans of that can you connect me with them <laughs> um I mean I I could it, literally the people I've had are just layman types that are like I love ghosts and like they're not in the field at all uh, <laughs> but anyone who's like if you know anyone, I like how this has now turned into this. Um, if you know anyone who has had a yes, and she did have a paranormal experience, I would love to. Okay, I will I connect talk you to her because um, that's what we <laughs> talked about. Um, I will put you in touch with her, Yay. Amy Shanker. For those listening who have listened to that episode, she's very funny and it's a great story. Um, <gasps> awesome. awesome! And where can people follow you? Um, my Instagram and Twitter is at awkward sapphire. I hate it, but I'm not changing it yet. Um, um, I love it. <laughs> and then, uh, YouTube is just my full name, Sapphire Sendalo. Awesome. And there'll be links to all that in the show notes. You guys go follow Sapphire, go get some fun, uh, paranormal stuff and also check out the happiness lab as well. Yes. Note from both of us. And, um, thank you for taking time to so let me chat with you and oh my God, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Bye everybody. Well, there you go. We kept it under an hour. So you got the full episode of Sapphire Sindalo. Check out the show notes to go check out her work, follow her and, uh, you know, get to know her stuff. She was wonderful. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed it. If you like the podcast and you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review it on iTunes. Share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to John, Eric, Greg, Jean, Kathy, and Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. You keep these episodes flowing. You keep me sane. I'm very grateful for you. Uh, head over to patreon.com slash ignoranceisblessed to get involved there. We do bi-weekly crappy hours and other fun stuff, bonus content, every episode over an hour is in full and uncut without this useless for you intro and outro i mean maybe it's not useless but you live with it so um yeah head over there if you want to get all the podcasts without an intro and outro and put in some bonus content etc 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 please keep in mind that no guest is or claims to be a representative for every person who has a similar identity. They're just one person sharing their own experience and ideas to help us get a peek at how things look from their situated position in the world. If you have an additional question for Sapphire or you want to suggest guests, um, you want to chat about a topic we've covered, you want to start a conversation, a dialogue with me or with other listeners, 
head on over to our Facebook group. It's Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. We're having fun over there. It's a lot of silly memes, but it's a good place to start a discussion. If you heard something and you want to talk more about it, something really jumped out at you, maybe you heard something from a perspective that you didn't know. Maybe you, you know, don't have anyone like one of my guests anywhere in your neighborhood or your community or, you know, your close circle. And you're like, wow, I really learned something. We'd love to hear that. And by we, I mean me and maybe other people, but mostly me. So that's that. Head over there. It's the best best way to give suggestions and to, and to start discussions. And please keep give suge- giving suggestions and keep asking questions. Because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. <laughs>